And this is Hodge. Welcome back to another episode of Death by Nuance. Woo! Episode number three. It's very yep, yep, yep. Today is a very special day because it's the anniversary. Well, no, it's not the anniversary. It's it's the day that Hodge has met my cat Yuki, and he's currently sitting in her lap right now as we speak. He's- He's literally sitting in my lap, and I just picked him up, and I put him there. He has such a unique... I was telling Dio, he has such a unique face. I don't know if it's, like, his eyes are really close to his nose or something. I've never seen a cat look like him, ever. He looks like an alien a little bit, but it's really adorable. Oh, that's so cute. You heard that, Yuki? You're like an alien. He little mutant freak. I love you. <laughs> and he's, like, he's sitting on my lap, and I'm just... Him. I'm something of a cat whisperer, I think. You really are. Like, he, he like, emerged from wherever he was and, like, ran up to Hodge, like, trotted up to her. Like, right cute. up to me. It was really cute. I have, I'm, like, a cat whisperer or something. You are. Yeah. It's so, it's so crazy. So, I have a cat as well. Her name is Kitty, and that is my twizzy for real. Like, we are very, very bonded. Um, so much to the point where like she'll communicate with me and like verbally she'll she'll like meow anytime she sees me but like she won't do that with anybody else in the family and so um you know it's so crazy I was telling this I was telling you this yesterday we've been getting like really bad thunderstorms yeah (laughs) with like lightning and stuff and kitty likes to go outside during the day um but I always make sure that she's home by night but yesterday, uh, it was like midnight. I was taking a shower, and I was like thinking, I was like, I don't, I don't know if Kitty's home. And it was like thundering. It was like <gasps> full on thunder and lightning. And so I was like, I texted my sister. I was like, Did you let Kitty out? And she was like, Yeah, I did. I forgot. Oops. And oh so no. I got out the shower. This is after I showered with my robe on, and I went into the pouring rain into the backyard, and I found her. She was like cowering under a table. I was like, Come home, Kitty. Oh. <laughs> We like ran back inside. It was so cute. You saved her basically, basically. from the she's, elements. She's lost without me. Yeah. What would she do? But that's like that's like real mother cat instinct, you know. So, yeah. So the the dynamic of it is really interesting. I don't know. There was an episode of Adventure Time where I think Finn was telling Jake he was like, "Don't you think it's messed up that we have cats and they or pets and we they I depend on us for food?" Yeah, they were like lying down, like stargazing. Yeah, or something. yeah. He actually projected that episode. He did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Adventure Time is one of the best shows ever. They really got conceptual on us. Yeah, they did. The character design is so cool in that in that show. Lore. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Finn was talking, basically he was explaining the fact that having a pet is basically Stockholm Syndrome. Like, you're inducing Stockholm Syndrome because <laughs> you want <laughs> them for, like, yeah. companionship. And 
Um, so I don't like to think too deeply about my relationship with Katie. All I do know is it's a very pure one. And I can't go to sleep unless she's like spooning next to me <laughs> with my yeah. arm around her. That's so interesting. I feel like I feel like um cats are cats are so special cuz they each have their own little personality. Like y- Yuki's not a cuddler. Well, he is sometimes, but he's not a cuddler. Look at him right now. Well, he's sometimes a cuddler such as right now, but um I don't know. He's up to no good. He's kind of his own his own cat. Is he Machiavellian? Extremely Machia- Machiavellian, yeah. He, well, you just told me he bites if he can't get let yeah, out. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, okay, this is just a belief of mine. It's better to have a cat than a dog. I don't I don't condone owning a dog, and I have my reasons. I think dogs are inherently impure. Don't get me wrong, I think they're cute. In theory, it would be nice to have one, but I think... Um, the fact that you have to like take them out to use a bathroom and like mm-hmm. they're very codependent more so than cats i think with cats it's like the intimacy is different because like you love them and they love you not because they have to but like from choice because they mm-hmm. can be incredibly independent if they want like i know Definitely. people have cats who like hate their guts yeah how do you live under the same roof at that point <laughs> i don't know it's like <laughs> a commitment what are you, right. what are you supposed to do return them <laughs> Uh, you know, funny story actually. I'll tell it quickly because we're we've been on this topic <laughs> for quite some time now. But Yuki was uh, was actually like we were supposed to get a different cat. Like Yuki was <laughs> don't listen. <laughs> don't, don't listen, don't listen Yuki. Cover his ears. <laughs> like we we were at the adoption place. We we're like we want this cat, but they brought us the sibling of that cat. So when we got him, he, his name was Sizzle. He's from Baltimore, by the way. He was rescued in Baltimore. <laughs> Just for some Yuki lore. And um, and yeah, but I love Yuki so much. Like, I couldn't imagine having any other cat as my cat. Yeah. As my bestie. And yeah. You're Twizzy. You're Twizzy for real. Yeah. That's just fate. That's beautiful. Out of all the cats in Baltimore, <laughs> you got lucky. Yeah. Anyways, um, how are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. Yeah, yeah I'm feeling okay. <laughs> so true and fair. Mm, what about you? I'm feeling okay. It's so humid outside, and then when we got inside, the AC was a shock to my system. I don't think it's healthy to go from, like, humidity. No, no, it's not. No. My mom says it makes you sick. Yeah, and she wouldn't be wrong. AC does make me... I still have kind of a sniffle and a cough from probably the New York trip, but, like, it's... I don't think AC is helping because the air isn't pure. And it's fucked because what (gasps) what do you do? Like, you open the window and then it's, like, sticky. Yeah, it's so humid right now. Sticky like the Drake song. (laughs) Yeah, it's so humid right now. It's uncomfortably humid. I've just been chilling. I've been procrastinating. I'm supposed to be packing for my trip. Where are you going? In two days. Do you I'm tell. Going I'm going to Istanbul. Oh. Yep, 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 yep. I'm going to Istanbul and I'm getting a new hairline and I'm getting yes, a new Yes, yes. 
It's truly an exciting time. Some body transformation. <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm going on a family vacation. It's gonna be. It's gonna be cute and nice. It's so funny because my mom is like super excited because she's like, um, it, Turkey's a Muslim country, right? And she's like telling me like. I mean, of course, they have, like, the blue mosque and everything. But I was like, mm, they're pretty godless. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen any Turkish dramas. <laughs> but um, <laughs> gone are the days Gone are the days of the Ottoman Empire. Oh, yeah. Def- defo. Defo. <laughs> Mexicans actually, um, love Turkish dramas. Just letting, putting that out there. Mexicans yeah. love Turkish dramas. Like, my parents love a Turkish drama. Well, everybody loves the Turkish drama. In Pakistan, they're so big. Like, they're dubbed or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. What's so compelling about them? We need to watch one and do a review. Well, I tried to. There was, like, one historical one. But it was, like, so... It was just wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going... I'm actually going there on an official diplomatic mission. I'm going to meet with... What's his name? Erdogan. We're going to get Turkey out of the... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get Turkey into NATO. Oh, Wow. Yeah, they sent me. And um Yep. Cyprus, you're on the you're on the agenda as well, don't you worry. <laughs> Armenia, you too. <laughs> I'm not gonna forget. World tour. Yeah. Well, okay, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but like apparently like flying it's never it's it hasn't been like a worse time to fly because everybody's taking their long overdue pandemic vacations. Vacations, now. yeah. Yeah, so, like, the there's, like, hella staff shortages on airlines, and, like, people's flights are getting canceled and delayed out the ass, and, like, people's luggage is getting lost. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, it's, wow. it's really, it's nightmarish. But yeah, because nobody was traveling last year, and everybody's making up for lost time now. Yeah, that makes sense. I've seen a few things, like... I know the pilots were protesting. Striking. They were yeah. striking, yeah. They were sleepy. Delta. Sleepy on the job. <laughs> <laughs> they were falling out. Yeah, I mean, that's that should strike fear in all of our hearts. A sleepy yeah, pilot. right? A sleepy pilot. A drunk pilot? What's worse? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a drunk pilot could be fun. Like, Yeah. Go well, there's fast. that one that Denzel Washington movie. <laughs> Turbulence. <laughs> Really put your hands up. No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not looking forward to flying. I, I hate layovers or whatever. Traveling last year, I was just telling someone traveling last year was really great because the flights were so cheap. Nobody was traveling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The annoying parts. Yeah, the annoying parts were the COVID restrictions. Like you had to test to enter, test day two test, test to leave. Yeah, yeah. Minor inconvenience in the grand scheme. Hmm. No, but I'm excited. I just I just have a lot of packing to do and naturally I'm gonna leave it till last minute. Mm, sometimes that's when the best work is done. Last minute. But yeah, what kind of vibe are you going for? In conservative terms of outfit? Conservative. Not my choice, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mom my mom was like, you know, you have to, you know, dress because I'm also meeting family there, so it's not like a vacation. Yeah, vacation yeah, 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 yeah pop out in my she's like all oh, your shirts are so small and tight <laughs> and i'm like yeah because i get them from the little boy section little boy section yeah <laughs> duh i like ex- almost exclusively shop at the little boys section not to like 
uh, put it out there. But if you guys really want the cool stuff, I mean, I've Stop, I found Ed no seriously. The Depop girls Ed are Hardy. gonna be all over it. Oh uh, yeah, I found some really cool stuff in the little boy section. Ed Hardy, like random shit, and the the fit is so nice. I mean it. I've and not to be misogynistic, but I've looked in the little girl section, and the graphics are so ugly. They're hideous. They're like unicorns. <laughs> Sweet and love, princess. Yeah. And then in the boys section is like Minecraft and like, I pause my game to be here. Like, <laughs> get behind this. The binary. Remember, I had that Fortnite shirt. It was like where we drop in boys. Yeah, I remember. That's Fortnite. Wait, yeah. is that what you said? I said Fortnite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I remember. That was iconic. Yeah. I do this little... This is a bit, like, sinister. Or am I not sinister? It's a bit, um... I like to wear, like, jerseys and stuff. Like, sports teams. With, like, no awareness or anything like that. Because then people are like, Oh, you, you support this team? And I'm like, actually, no, I don't. But do you? <laughs> <laughs> and the boys are That's like, so oh. funny you like football and i'm like no but you do <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i'm kidding i just i just but um yeah that's that's what i'm up to we're gonna take a brief hiatus and come back in what's the next month august yeah august yeah. august leo season oof i love a leo though can't even lie <laughs> You can't see, but Haja's biting her lip right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do me like that. I love a Leo. I kidding. love a Leo. Because they're, they're the shit and they know they're the shit most of the time. Yeah, I know. Definitely. Leos are like so confident and rightly so. There's a lot to be confident about. Yeah. And if you if you have like a complimentary, let's say like affection giving style mm. and you just stoke their ego and like it's the best <laughs> yeah. they eat out of your hand i know i have oh. <laughs> uh leo women are cool too my sister's leo but i just like Same. leos i've there's been a few leo men in my past and i think there's something very complimentary virgo virgo woman leo man yeah i've heard that as well as leo and libra both my parents are Leo Libra. That's a, yeah, I think that's a good crossover. Yeah, balance, 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 balance. Yeah, Libra, Libra is like the a complementary sign. I feel like to Leo's boldness. And mm. yeah, I also like not to get super pseudosciency, but they do look like lions. Yes, really good hair. Yes, that's so true. I think a lot of people would agree. It's true. The the hair. What is that like? Look science, not phrenology, physio physiognomy, or something like that. Not to get no sé, no sé. I do not yeah. know. I digress. Um. So what's been going on in the world? It's bleak. It's bleak. Well, okay. Did you see? <laughs> I I have to ask you. Did you see this? Like, literally, was in the news like yesterday. Elon Musk had like secret. He pulled a Drake. He had a secret baby. Two secret babies. He had twins. OMG. Yeah. Wait. With the executive. Yeah. With some freaky looking executive on his board. He's like, yeah. I looked at her LinkedIn. She's like, 
director of executive director or something Neuralink or some shit yeah I did see that and there's a conspiracy to go with it right pray tell I don't know I didn't read the the twitter thread but I feel like something about I don't know I have to go back and find it I think I know what you're talking about uh Elon Musk has been talking a lot about uh global population and Mm. how there's the global population is not large enough or whatever so he's valiantly taking it upon himself as his own personal mission to repopulate <laughs> the he, it's, his, it's his 10th kid dude uh yeah and like with with i think like five other women um and like grime like grimes has two because grimes also had another secret baby that like it didn't come out until like an interview where oh grimes wow yeah, there was, it was so crazy. It was like Grimes was getting interviewed, and the interviewer was like, "There's a baby crying in the background. Do you want to go get that?" And then Grimes <laughs> was like, "Oh fuck, I, there's something I have to tell you." Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it was revealed the secret baby. Everyone's pulling a page out of Drake's book. Secret baby, yeah. But this is this seems sinister. I feel like, um, well, I have my theories on Elon Musk. Do you want to hear? Yeah, pray tell. Okay, so Elon Musk is this this like freak that is just popped up in in like global consciousness. I feel like as a leader, like I feel like so many young people look up to him mm-hmm. and like kind of kind of make a figure out of him. And I think what they what they see in him is like his innovative mindset. He's he's neither here nor there. Like he's not he's a contrarian but not like he doesn't adhere to any political party and basically he he's he's an alternative he presents an alternative yeah in the in the political theater that exists right right so a lot of people look up like to him. donald no, trump exactly yeah uh, like a parallel but he obviously can't be president because he's south african but a lot of people are looking to him kind of as an anti-hero to everything that's going on and also i think like the whole like um bitcoin alternative technology yeah yeah it's it's serving as an alternative to people who are like obviously super dejected with the whole nine to five work your whole life and Mm -hmm. then maybe you can afford a house when you're in your 30s but Mm -hmm. otherwise good luck with the renters market um he he's like this anti-hero in this like basically neo-feudal world where he's like I swear, if they could appoint Elon Musk as a monarch, they would. Like his his following is they so, worship him, yeah. They worship him, yeah. And it's it's like it's like an it's like a new age m- anti hero monarch or whatever. And I think that like him just having a bunch of these kids popping them out is kind of like he's looking for a successor, and one of them is <laughs> what. <laughs> That's my theory, at least. Yeah, I don't... It's going to be a while, like, though. Wait, like, how old is this oldest kid? Do you know? Not sure. Not sure. But he has a trans daughter. And mm-hmm. she recently, I saw online, I kind of, like, scrolled past it. I didn't really look into it. But she, like, filed a petition in court to not have his last name anymore. And basically, like, <gasps> X'd out. Yeah. So true so true and so real yeah i think if elon musk was my dad i would kind of milk it i love nepotism personally 
Can't lie. Who's your favorite Nepo baby? That's a really good question. Um, hmm. I mean, I feel like Bella Hadid is kind of always the default, and I do really like her. But you know, Madonna's daughter, Lourdes, Lourdes Leon, I think. Mm, yes. She's giving like it girl vibes without being super in your face. Really? Yeah, I think she just she was in like the recent uh Mugler ad looking hot and I found her TikTok the other day and she's just like silly, you know? She's uh she's a cool look. She dated Tim. I love Shalini. a silly girl. Love a silly girl. Yeah, she's so pretty. She's gorgeous. I like I love her, her eyes. Eyebrows. Yeah, or the really thin eyebrows. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the thin eyebrow thing. Yeah, she she really. <gasps> yeah. Okay, my thin eyebrow journey. I made my eyebrows really thin in what was it January? Yeah, remember that? Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Thin eyebrow vibe. Yeah, I just I I just like was so bored and I wanted to like change up my look and I just kept going thinner and thinner and I ended up really fucking <laughs> up my eyebrow shape. Yeah. E- Really? Wait. At the time. Yeah, so I was over plucking and then I was also like kinda like shaving off the ends. Yes. Over plucking will do that. Because I don't really think it good. grows back the same. It looked really good though. No, it did, yeah. Thin eyebrows are so cute. I looked evil. But then yeah, after a while I was just like, This is a lot of maintenance and I I don't know, like there comes a time when you just have like an off week where you're like not wearing makeup and you're just kinda like a troll like a gremlin <laughs> gremlin lifestyle and you're not on shit and, <laughs> and then it's like whatever and then the next time you're you're going out or something you look in the mirror you look at the, you assess the damage of your eyebrows and they're like half grown <laughs> out no coherent shape and then you have to like pl- so i was just like fuck it i'm just gonna grow it all out and i did this during final season i was just like i'm just gonna grow my eyebrows out and they're back to their natural shape which i have to say i'm i think i'm more fond of mm, i like the shape you have now yeah Castor oil is really good for growing out eyebrows, I've heard. But so yeah. I've heard, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, like, recently wanted to undergo a thin eyebrow journey, but I don't know. I I use, like, the shaving method, and I feel like I messed up my shape for realsies. So I'm growing my eyebrows out now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to get them threaded, and hopefully everything will be back, like, back to normal. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, eyebrows are oh, they're a headache. They are a headache. Now everybody's bleaching their eyebrows. Like the the hashtag normies. It's like a trend. Really? Yeah. They're bleaching their eyebrows, either they're bleaching their eyebrows or which you've been on since time. I feel like, <laughs> like <laughs> But um also people are making their eyebrows thin and it's uh eyebrow politics eyebrow politics where do you stand on the issues let us know <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm a fan of natural and if i had any sense about me in my younger years i would have left my unibrow intact and <laughs> i would still be rocking my unibrow now but now it, it doesn't grow back seriously yeah oh. it's patchy because I've, uh, oh my god, I've been like waxing it and like basically mutilating my <laughs> unibrow <laughs> since like seventh grade. So I remember the time, uh, the first time I waxed my unibrow, I did it halfway through seventh grade. 
<laughs> Transformation. It, yeah, it was so, it was so silly because I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna come to school with my unibrow missing and like no one's gonna whatever. So I walked up to my locker that morning, and my, I remember my very good friend Nathan. His locker was right next to mine. I walk up to the uh, to him and I'm like, notice anything different? <laughs> <laughs> and at the point, I was like, yeah, I don't have a unibrow anymore. He's like, oh okay. yeah i remember the first time i started like removing my hair if you will like leg hair facial hair and stuff i was in middle school as well and but before then my mom never let me because she was like once you shave it grows back different and like it's just you don't want to do that but yeah i don't really have that much hair to begin with like on my legs and stuff it's very light very faint yeah i think i was always like jealous of the girlies who had like really light blonde hair on their like thighs and stuff so they didn't have to do anything about it but um it your mom is right about that when you do like shaver uh something it it kind of changes the texture i know they're always saying like yeah if you shave it'll grow back normal i feel like they're just saying that it's not true Um, yeah but okay, I I am very deep into hair removal, as you can imagine, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> as a South Asian woman. <laughs> um, been in the game for I think like about coming up on ten years now. Um, oh my god! That's Whoa! Crazy. Yeah. So like, sh- I I if I, if you you ever have any questions, literally consult me because I've been around the block like waxing, threading, sugar waxing, laser, uh, you name it. Um, uh, but I, this is my belief. Uh, okay. After a certain, after a certain age, mm-hmm. you shouldn't, you shouldn't be shaving. You should be waxing. Mm-hmm. And I think shaving is a convenience you have to allow yourself when you're like younger, maybe in high school. But after a certain point, you should be waxing. You should have a consistent wax regimen. Um, because that will literally, you'll like you'll notice people who get waxes whether it's like their armpits or their legs or Brazilian, they'll tell you the hair doesn't grow back the same. It's, it's, yeah, it I've heard that. Less. Yeah. Yeah. So I swear by mm-hmm. waxing. Sugar waxing is, uh, two thumbs up, Hodge approval. It's a little bit more painful <laughs> than hard waxing, but it's especially good for, if for Brazilians. Um, mm-hmm. but after, okay. So after a certain age, certain age, you shouldn't be shaving. You should be waxing after a certain tax bracket. You should be getting laser. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, because think about it longevity wise, it's an investment. Laser I've had laser in the past. I used to get laser um in high zapped. school. Zapped. Yeah, I zapped <laughs> up. And it the hair doesn't grow back. It's an it like is, is a long term solution. And um I guess the pain is I mean it is painful to laser, but um I'm getting full body laser Big zap, big zap. One, I wish it was one big zap. Um, I'm getting full body laser. I'm so excited. I am going in for my first session later this month, and I will update you guys about the results because I think, in the spirit of honesty, and this is probably one of the most. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably the most exciting development in my life. So I have to, I have to share. Um, Yeah, it is. It is. gonna be painful i want to take like half a zan like drake said <laughs> like a clonopin and then just be like 
Yeah, I'm ready. Zapping me into Have oblivion. you seen that video of that one guy who's like off of perk or something and somebody tased him and he didn't feel anything? He was like, he let a girl tase him. <laughs> well, that's going to be me. That's going to, well, no. It's going to be gonna, you. I'm going <laughs> to take two bad villains and thug it out, but I, I'm excited for it. I have a high pain tolerance. After all, I am a woman. So. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm looking forward to that, and I'll let you guys know if it's if it's worth it, if it's the experience. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, please do let us know. Um, yeah, I'm sure people are curious. Um, sir, I can't wait till we see the Minions movie. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Um, I want to hear the Yeet song on the big screen. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. Oh yeah, I know. I can't believe that they got him on like the soundtrack. And he was like, yes, Dude. I'll do it. I'll take the job. Dude, okay. I want to know how much they paid him. It was probably like a fat One check. One million. <laughs> 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 that's gonna be his next bar one mil for a feature i did a check with the, the minions <laughs> isn't that in the song though it is in the song yeah yeah I can't my minion my children yeah who's victor why doesn't he like him i don't know we need to do a a rich minion lyrics analysis breakdown rich minion breakdown easter yeah. egg analysis people were like bringing up the fact that it got a really high pitchfork rating and comparing it to other albums because <laughs> okay but going going back to yeats yeats glorious feature um right i'm really surprised that they let that happen because yeet like if like the content of his he's like maddox in the sense that like he doesn't no say bad any, words like, no but yes bad words but like he he mainly like talks about getting rich or whatever and being with his twizzies but he talks about <laughs> popping perks incessantly it's like in every single one of his songs like drinking lean or popping perks and mm-hmm. not to be that pitch but we are in the midst of the deadliest period of the opioid crisis in the country mm. did you think about it like that like but that just goes to show that this country doesn't actually <laughs> give a fuck about the opioid crisis <laughs> I didn't think about this dimension, I have to say. I I immediately thought about that, the political implications. I'm no fun. Sorry, guys. Big Pharma. The Big Pharma, Yeet, Rich Minion, Pipeline. Um, I have a question for you. Shoot. (laughs) Um, So, like, talking about Yeet, right, and, like, about how he is so widely popular, especially among young people, uh, do you think like and he obviously is always talking about like popping perks and whatever Tesla perk um, do you right, think uh, right. do you think like artists have a sense of social responsibility to like for example if young impressionable kids are listening if they hear Yeet from the Minion soundtrack and then they want to listen to Big Tonka or whatever like <laughs> and then they're like oh perks that, that sounds pretty cool like do you think that uh, artists have social responsibility to not uh condone bad behavior or like risky behavior Mm. 
Yeah, that's an interesting question that you are proposing because it definitely has an impact on on our young minds. Um, like, for instance, well, okay, I don't know because it depends on who's listening. Like, young minds are very impressionable, of course. I remember when, like, lean was, like, a big joke among people like young kids on tiktok and stuff and like kids would draw pictures of lucky and i don't know it's very strange but at the same time like i don't know if if kids are gonna be like able to access what these rappers are rapping about well, no okay well on 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 one level i'm trying to be nuanced here because I mean, on one level, artists who live a certain lifestyle are enti- like entirely entitled to sing and rap about whatever they want. And, you know, if they become popular, it's uh, in their own right because of their talent or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the social responsibility element, I'm just thinking about it because remember the Zandemic with like Lil Peep? Yes. And yes, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And like when we were in high school, like 2016, 2015 era everybody was listening to Lil Peep and 100% as a as a young person who is in the internet realm you can't mm-hmm. say that the media that people are consuming doesn't influence their behavior people it definitely does yeah people shape their behavior their look their image everything um after the media that they choose to consume and i mean mm-hmm. there is a choice there like nobody's saying I don't want to make a transference in the sense that, like, you listen to Yeet, you must pop perks. Like, that's... For sure. I don't want to do that. But at the same time, I think that there are some... You can notably detect irresponsible social behaviors and link them to rising trends. And I just gave you an example with the Lil Xan... Like, not Lil Xan. Xanax with Lil Peep. Xandemic era. But also, I'm thinking about, like, artists who sing about self-harm in Mm -hmm. a sense like um again like 100 percent well within your you know it's it's your creative expression and if that's something that you want to sing about but if you know you have a following and you know young people listen to you it's kind of just like uh, i think about that sometimes yeah i think that's something that the artist has to has to contend with like you definitely have to understand the weight of what you do on the impact of what you do and it's like one piece of of this larger puzzle because the zandemic <laughs> it was like little peep and then also like people were having access to all these pills and there is like very little education about it um and like the harm and how addictive and how truly addictive they are so it's like a lot of things together but definitely like what you do holds a lot of weight especially in the world that we live in where things are accessible and like I don't know there's definitely more being done now in terms of like what people call harm reduction like what to do if you see someone overdosing you know but like back in the day I feel like at least from my personal experience I feel like that wasn't as accessible as it is now yeah we've definitely come a long way but I, I i think like not to understate the impact of the opioid epidemic in america right now i mean i did a research project on it last semester mm-hmm. um 
yeah, opioids have never been more deadly than they are today because it's like syn- synthetic opioids are yeah what everybody's taking, fake perks, uh, press pills because buying chemical grade um, synthetic opioids to basically mix and match and make whatever type of drug you want is so much more lucrative than like if you think about the organic so like there's there's like synthetic opioids and there's natural opioids and mm-hmm. like heroin you know even cocaine i mean it, it, it all comes down to a leaf opium right leaf. seed so, yeah gone are the days of like the natural origins of drugs i mean mdma and like other kinds of drugs that have synthetic origins have always existed but these are especially deadly and pernicious and pervasive because of like right know, the black market and etc so i think that like i i don't know i I, we all know somebody who's taken one bad pill and has lost their lives like and i think Mm -hmm. like if you think about it like that and then also how impressionable young people are and it's like all it takes is one bad pill and then it's also like if you're young and like you you hear about your favorite rapper popping perks all the time and you want to try it you're not going to be the most informed consumer you're not going to be like yeah do you know what i'm saying and but i'm i don't know like i don't think i don't think that i love the yeet song I think it was cool that Universal Studios or whatever Pixar took the chance <laughs> on him to make that track. Right. Maybe I'm just being kind of too uh, sociological in my analysis of this, but I think that like it's something that I thought about, and I don't know. Yeah, if I was a parent, and my child was listening to Yeet. I'd be like, well, so my concern, but uh, <laughs> don't, don't listen to. Tunes, yeah right it's a good song but like yeah get all angsty on me but yeah <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna watch that movie together you have to wait till i get back and preserve our minions virginity for each other we need a promise facts, facts. no i i promise i i i have been tempted uh nobody spoil it please <laughs> don't spoil the plot <laughs> for me i need to know i need to know about how what is it rise of rise of grew rise of grew i need to know how grew r- rises up. up yeah i need to know the come up story i, I need to know everything yeah so um, well you said that about drive my car as well we we're supposed to see that together uh uh-huh, uh-huh. and also it was, was on it? hbo max is it yeah I'm gonna shout out tonight. shout out nicholas for the hbo max subscription shout out but yeah i mean i i thought it was really long and it was like a good movie but it was very very long uh i don't even know kind of boring at times kind of confusing might have to rewatch. but yeah yeah i want to watch that one i also haven't seen everything everywhere all at once and everybody's raving about that and i haven't seen it yet so did you see it I thought you would have seen it already by now. Well, I was going to go with my sister, but she was like, uh, maybe not. And I don't know. I'd, I have gone to the theater to see something by myself, but it's a bit depressing. The last movie I saw <laughs> in the theater was Crimes of the Future. And that one was, I, I thought it was underwhelming, to be honest. It was like confusing and not in a good way. I like confusing movies. But I would hope by the end of the movie, I, it makes some sense. But it was just kind of like disjointed and like mm-hmm. heavy on the sadomasochistic themes, but not very coherent. Mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart's performance was that was entertaining. But um, yeah, I want to watch that movie and 
Nobody spoil it. I'm gonna watch it in Turkey. I'm gonna watch it in Turkish. They're gonna be speaking Minion in Turkish. No, you can't watch <laughs> it. Don't do I it. Know, I I'm it. sure. Wait, isn't there a picture of a Turkish Minion? I bet there is. Turkish memes are so funny. What do they call them? <laughs> roaches. <laughs> they call Turkish people roaches because I don't know. I feel like any they just des- they deserve all of the slander because I I haven't forgiven them for the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. They was wrong for that. For real though. Okay, um another thing that I like literally just saw today. Did you know Boris Johnson got axed? Resigned? Yeah, but like but like from like he he went down fighting like Oh wow. There was like a polit- yeah, there was like a political I mean it was like a it was like looming for the past like two or three days now um because like a bunch of people on his board or whatever were like resigning and um well from what i recall there's been like multiple votes of no con confidence for right old boris boy but i feel like he's kind of hung in there and mm-hmm. well nobody votes for do people vote for their prime ministers and oh i should know this couldn't tell you yeah do not know I think it's I think it's interesting. I feel like America needs to bring in votes of no confidence. I think it's re- it's th- it brings up like a volatile element of precarity in <laughs> administrations. Yeah, it is, there's very it's very it's very volatile in like other countries. Like for example, in Pakistan, mm-hmm. where I'm from, um, just back a few months there was a vote of no confidence for Imran Khan, and I'm I'm telling you 100 percent it had a lot to do with his stance on russia and ukraine he had just gone to the kremlin to visit putin yeah and he was basically he gave a speech a, a very like uh bold speech at the un i believe and he was like well why why when the u when the u.s says jump we have to say hi how high and like you know um mm. which don't get me wrong i don't think that he's some like valiant anti-imperialist figure no i think mm-hmm. it was really it was merely advantageous for him to kind of like right align with russia i i i feel he perceived at the time but mm-hmm. i mean as soon as he did that as soon as he was kind of not really i mean and it, it does have to do with oil at the end of the day because russia and mm-hmm. pakistan do did have an oil deal as soon as he was kind of bucking um there was like documented correspondence between elements in the cia with the opposition party in pakistan and what do you know they had a vote of no confidence and he got he got axed and Oh, it was fishy to me. That is very fishy. Yeah. Coincidence? Probably imagine not. If we had a, if we had a vote of no confidence in America. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be us who are voting in confidence, right? But <laughs> the Republicans would. <laughs> oh my God! What a shit show! What a shit show! It um, would be entertaining, though, to say the least. Yeah, because after all, is this not political theater? Dance, puppet <laughs> dance, dance. Puppet dance. <laughs> yeah, no, for uh, real though. They're too secure in there. Like they're too smug. Like right. When Biden mm, fell off the, the bike, when Biden fell off the bike, that should have been our vote of no confidence. Like, dude can't even stay on a two wheeler. <laughs> the market, the market crashed after that. Oh, the yeah. shareholders oh, were not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god yeah yeah i mean it's like 
succession-esque the, the health of like these overlords i mean they, they do have market whatever i think it's so funny to see biden kind of like saying uh these these com making these comments about like how much the oil industry has been profiteering mm -hmm. amidst these like price hikes and he's like well you've he said he made some comment about like you've made enough money to reach god or something on <laughs> Google it. but he's mm. and he's only saying that because people obviously um n not without reason are blaming the political state for like inflation and how expensive the cost of living has gotten <laughs> and yeah like, and now he's like okay stop s lower your prices right now or else so, like he he made like a strongly worded tweet. yes like, i was gonna say that he made a strongly worded tweet like please lower your prices like dude i don't know yeah. oh they said exxon made more money than god and quote yeah it's like well what do you like oh no the market is doing what the market does like and then p it was so funny because people were trolling him in the replies to that tweet. They were like, guys, I showed this tweet to the gas clerk and actually he gave it to Scout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like he's trying to position himself on the opposite end. Like, dude. Yeah, I think another element of incoherence that uh, exists, and this is kind of segueing into uh, the next topic is... Uh, the overall response when it comes to a mass shooting. Um, just a few days ago, on July 4th, there was a mass shooting in sh like the suburbs of Chicago, or right outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. At a 4th of July parade, I believe like nine people died, and there's a few dozen in the hospital. 20-something mm -hmm. people in the hospital in critical condition or whatever. But... I feel like not not even a few days goes by in this country without another catastrophic shock in the form of a mass right. shooting. Right. A lot of moments of like grief that people haven't even processed the catastrophic deaths of COVID and like adding on to that the mass shootings. And Yeah. Well, I'm okay if since in the realm of like the pandemic, if we, if we want to view the phenomena of mass shootings in this country, which I think like is we're we're in an especially like you know egregious period of time where they're happening a lot more frequently than in the past. Mm -hmm. um, like, it, and, and if we understand like va the whole vaccine debate or like the pandemic in general, to to conclude that we are only as safe as our community is mm -hmm. um the health of american society is so 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 fucked and mm -hmm. i think an application of that concept to mass shootings um i mean we're in a sick society like th there's something seriously fucked up with our youth and and with like the overall morale and um it's it's so dejecting and i feel like in this in that within that context none of us are safe and i feel like that that is embodied in the absurdity of the likelihood of you being gunned down shopping mm -hmm. or in school or on a, at a fourth of july parade or walking in the street you know yeah yeah definitely i feel like 
whenever something like that happens, people's immediate reaction is to right look at gun control and look at it as an issue of of isolated violence, I think, but it doesn't just happen out of nowhere and it has its roots and its roots are like deeply entrenched, I think, in the like you said, like socially and culturally, just in general in almost every aspect of our society. Um, I was thinking about this, like from this conversation, I was thinking about how like the obstacles towards forming a healthy, happy community, like having to do with the way that um, our cities and our, 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 yeah, our communities, I guess, like how, they're built um how isolating they can feel yeah right exactly exactly and yeah Yeah, we're we're inherently from one another and i feel like that that is like not discussed as and automatically like and i'm not saying and this is not to kind of I don't know, insult the immediate visceral response of people, especially those who've literally had their children murdered in school. To yeah, of course. Of talk course about not. gun control and everything. And I feel like that's not without reason. And I think that there's like, you, you can talk about gun control, but I also, this is my personal opinion and everybody is, you know, they, they can have their own, but just from my understanding, I, j- I think it's, even talking about guns is gun control is a little bit of a misdirection as well because i think like and even making this like a political thing or it was a it was an antifa shooter mm-hmm. it was a it was a it was an incel it was alt-right it was whatever the media narratives that follow a shooting i mean it's so it's it's almost shameful like how quickly this this phenomena turns into like a political tirade of like you know and this is why we need whatever whatever I mm-hmm. I I feel like it's it's not it's noise and it's fueling the fire and especially I mean that is that not how people feel more alienated in this like storm mm-hmm. of like political drivel that that we see from these so, so far removed and out of touch with reality politicians and media class the corporate media class like they don't give a fuck mm-hmm. about us I mean it's it's all like what they can push in their headlines and I feel like on the subject of gun tr- gun control i i feel like gun control is the debate is kind of like i i think of it similar to abortions like whether you you're totally justified not justified but like you're entitled to your moral position on the matter you you can mm-hmm. think guns are inherently bad you can think guns are i mean after all they are killing machines i personally don't think that guns are inherently bad i i just think that they exist they exist and they right. can be used evilly and positively you know and everyone's like oh i don't believe the whole how do you fight a bad guy how do you fight a bad guy with a gun it's a good guy with a gun that's fake well what the fuck is war then like what the fuck is any armed resistance how else do you become free when the gun is already pointed at you what do you do and i think Mm -hmm. like i think more minorities should be arming themselves i mean i'm looking into getting a gun um probably won't follow through on it though but i would (laughs) i i feel like um yeah, yeah I mean, no, no, for sure. At the very least, I feel like people should not, should be educated on guns, on the gun ownership, on the parts and pieces of 
guns. Yeah, but do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, the, yeah. fact that, the fact that America is already, as a nation, we are armed to the teeth. People have AK-47s. Yeah, I would feel safer knowing I had a gun because this because the crazy folks have them the racists and the white supremacists and the incels who want me dead they already are armed like what am i gonna do like wave a flag in their face and hashtag them away like no like i don't know i don't know dude. It's, yeah no yeah that makes sense that makes sense and yeah but but after a mass shooting i don't think it is a misplaced you know, logical. I mean, logically, I can see how the next step would be to talk about gun control and like, well, right. yeah, uh, how did person get a gun? Mm. So this dude who, yeah, this dude who just did the well, okay, but even sorry, even in restrictions, who who is going to be restricting, right, gun ownership? Think about gun ownership even in America right now. Who's getting penalized and having possessions uh, possession of a deadly weapon, possession of firearm charges? It's majority minorities. I mean, gun control regulation only and, came about right. in California after the Black Panthers started exactly. arming themselves in response to police brutality. You can't ask the system to self-regulate. I mean, that, that right. was no, also... Right, no, I was about to say, like, that it's you're asking the system itself to be in charge of, and who are, who is going to be carrying out these things? It's going to be the police, it's going to be the state, who is, like, That's violent you want, nature you want more state like, intervention? in and of itself. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I think I think Oof. like to that's why that's why I kind of and I, I don't oh, I feel like icky saying it after a mass shooting and civilians died. But like, let's let's be critical about what this gun control whole thing is about. A lot of times the liberals just throw it out. The Democratic Party just throws it out there knowing it's not actually going to happen, but they can just make a fuss. And then it's like like Roe v. Wade, like vote for us or else, you know, but yeah on the on the topic of gun control as well it's like i i kind of parallel it to the calls for well in the wake of police brutality and uh murder of like black americans um there was like a lot of calls for more police training Mm -hmm. like if only they were better trained they need more they need more uh body more camera funding. Foot, like we need more funding and everything yeah so so the and then again it's just this ir- incoherent demand which seems logical and seems like you know after something like this right. happens but you have to think you're asking the system to self-regulate when the system itself failed you like mm-hmm. so you want more money for these you know i i just don't and once again like it's incapable of doing so because it's not in its interest it's like completely so contradictory and yeah, there's so there's about. limitations there's always going to be limitations to it too and uh especially when you're thinking about when it comes to um uh literally anything it it's only i feel like the state's only capable of like c- criminalizing you know and like punishment and like i don't know it's it's just kind of feed more into this cycle of um like we've talked about like alienation and uh what's it called disruption no i don't know uh de- destabilization if you could say that yeah, one, i don't know one of those, yeah one of those terms that <laughs> would not be yeah. inaccurate to use yeah i i think like i think what what is really going on here is our our society is sick it is very deeply ill and rotten one could would you argue, say yeah 
I would say, yeah, I would go so far as to say diseased, plagued. Um, and I think that like all of when this, when in the aftermath of shootings, when all of this noise is going on, um, yeah, dude, I just feel like it's, it's, it fails to grasp the, the root of this like absurd phenomenon of people, of Americans getting murdered in, in the mundane. I mean, if you think about it philosophically, like the, like the existential threat of like being shot dead and it isn't and it isn't like an absurd one it isn't like super Mm -hmm. you know crazy to conceive of i mean we've all thought about it i mean just in dc the the snipers on the roof like you could be walking in in the street and be shot dead or whatever i think like that the the culture that produces that is really what people are missing Mm -hmm. uh, in there like I, I guess like diagnosis which mm-hmm. is which is none of it is diagnosis it's it's all like they they we when you look at the political affiliation of the shooter and you kind of derive oh he was a republican oh he's he's alt-right he's an incel he's whatever then you can be like well and and this is the let's focus on the symptoms but this is like there's something very very sick at the root of this phenomenon it's not going to stop and it's not going to get better you can this is really fucked up. You can expect more people to die in their mundane, you know, places mm-hmm. of existence. And I, well, yeah. Um, did you look in, do you know what the <laughs> Chicago, not Chicago, Highland Park shooter looks like? Have you seen his picture? Yeah, kind of scary looking. Yeah, like sound, SoundCloud, ra- like face tats and like almost Joker-like um robert cremo the third very sinister name he is like he's another thing too i know people are like looking into his political affiliations or whatever i think he's he's just like he just embodies the he's like a product of like this deep sickness alienation in um, Mm -hmm. america this like young dude what is he 22 he also didn't get killed Mm -hmm. like they caught him alive he's in custody right now and he's going to be in like the highest security prison for the rest of his life um oh wow yeah yeah i don't really i mean there's no real logic in it you can like but um so somebody was telling me that they before i mean after a mass shooting they like kind of wipe the internet um of the shooter's presence or the they wipe the Mm -hmm. internet presence so he had a youtube channel he had like an instagram he had a fucking discord server yeah I, i remember reading that yeah like i think i think um he so he's like he made music he had like a very prolific he was on spotify or whatever he had like a he had a music video which like had animated graphics depicting a mass shooting he like he filmed a music video in a school kind of like alluding to doing a mass shooting where like he Mm -hmm. you know reaches for a gun in his backpack or whatever it's very very sick fucked individual like freak in the in the worst sense of the Mm -hmm. word um but yeah i think maybe people like who knew him or like who were in that discord server or whatever thought of him as a meme like oh he's not actually gonna do it but like he's just being edgy uh, robert cremo the third just being just being his crazy self no uh, yeah that's why i think like and even the, the uvaldi uvaldi what's his yeah that shooter he was on instagram toting a 
AK-47 with mags on his story. And, like, I feel like the there's, there's like, a public... Dis, dis, it's a very, like, you know, what's the word? Like, they, they make spectacles out of it and the threat mm-hmm. of it. This dude was literally making music about it. Like, I'm about, I'm about yeah. to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's super duper scary. I I'm I was aware of the music video, but I was not uh, too aware of like any political affiliations or like I don't know. W- was he a Trump supporter or not? That's that's another thing too. I think that people are like looking trying to find a political affiliation for him or like his his rationale. I, I don't think he's I, just He's just ex- yeah. sick, fucked up dude. Yeah, he was yeah. just like, like Joker esque. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure in one of his music. I mean, this is this is coming from like somebody who saw all of their music videos, like right before they got wiped off of the place, the face of the planet. Um, he was like he like this was his artistic expression, and I don't think he had a p- coherent political ideology. I think like his his like objective was just like i i want to maybe it's like this i i want to hurt a society that's hurt me like the joker literally like Mm -hmm. not to fuel his like you know not to verify his uh artistically like conceptual you know Mm -hmm. his uh his his uh vision not to confirm his vision is what i mean but i mean that is kind of like what he was going for I don't know. I don't know. I'm still. I uh, haven't really looked into it, but I want to see how they're gonna they're gonna shape shape this or make this into into whatever little. I don't know, dude. I mean, uh, m- my primary concern is how how can people feel safe? Like, how can we make society safer? Yeah. That's what I. That's all I want. That's I'm sure that's what everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm still. I'm still thinking, dude. I. I think there's. There's a lot of noise, but it's really depressing. It is really depressing. And, yeah, thinking about how to make society safer, thinking about how to protect the younger generation and do it in the right way (laughs) and not a way that, like, just, like, further contributes to the problem. It's it's something that we should think about deeply because I do think there's a lot at stake here. There always is. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we're just going to have to like keep paying attention and seeing how this plays out and hopefully like, I don't know, limit the amount of time we're in like a crowded public area to avoid, uh, <laughs> the possibility, the likelihood of getting, murked in your day-to-day i don't Mm -hmm. know um but yeah i think like i don't think i don't know i'm at a loss for words now (laughs) yeah yeah no i totally understand that um i guess like we've been saying like looking at ways to strengthen community i think shout out day i think day posted something today or yesterday oh sorry my audio like did something weird like it made a weird buzzing sound oh my god scary it's getting david lynchian 
but anyways um uh so Dave was saying something about how um like organizing is so difficult now because um people are so i guess capitalism is doing its thing and making people feel very isolated and i think that's very true like there's not a lot of efforts to strengthen community as much as there once was but at the same time i feel like that's all we have so yeah i don't know from another perspective I, i definitely agree on that the community element is like kind of uh, replacement for uh, I guess reliance on institutions and whatever mm-hmm. but I think also if you think about anti-establishment uh, rhetoric it's ve- it's very m- I mean the the right wing just kind of has a chokehold on it mm-hmm. and because like politically and also socially something that you have to commend the right wing for honestly is their ability to take advantage of anti-establishment rhetoric and fuel it back into the system in a self-serving way and that mm-hmm. like their anti-establishmentism helps them if you think about it on the left uh there is no coherent anti-establishment uh sentiment if anything leftism is always channeled into the establishment and and right. not and not and not in a people serving way. If you think about any type of politically, uh, like you know, rogue populist from a left bend alternative that we've ever had, what is the auto- automatic default? It's to channel them co-optation, back into, co-optation, channel them back into the run them for office, whatever. And then you have these like shells, these husks of like representation like bernie sanders like aoc and i'm calling bernie sanders that because that's what it is i'm I'm, i don't really give a fuck like more more often than not you can see bernie yeah he says stuff that is like you know what what's kind of like rational and what we're all thinking like yeah people shouldn't kill themselves because they have medical debt duh Mm -hmm. but (laughs) he, he he's this shit pisses me off he's standing in line with the with the state department and the cia especially on everything Israel. going on yeah more Did, or less yeah they, they all every one of the what is it the aoc ilhanoma what do they call themselves the trifecta no i don't know yeah, whatever <laughs> their, their little group they they consistently vote for these new funding packages that fund israel and uh what did they just gave 40 bill to ukraine and mm-hmm. uh, somebody else was talking about this and i read it that like you heard these like populist messages and I'm talking about it from a average American's perspective. Let's strip it of any like, you know, partisan flavor to it. The messages mm-hmm. of why are the fuck are we sending 40 billion to Ukraine when there's no formula on the shelves for our infants and gas prices and are so high and people can't afford to move or like drive to work. Why are we sending 40 bill to Ukraine? That type of messaging came from people on the right <laughs> dude the right wing was yeah that. owens was saying that trump jr was saying that mm-hmm. how have we got to the point amidst this like existential crisis on every front we're being fucked by the system 
And the only coherent messages, vaguely populist messages, are coming from the right wing. Like this, why why do they have a monopoly on anti-establishment, uh, like messaging? Like that that makes no sense to me. The yeah, left is I... incredibly deficient, and I think that like we need to, we need to hold people to a higher standard. Like we need to be think critically here. I definitely agree with that. I feel like the extent to which people on the left are organized well is is not as much and there are so many opportunities to for building solidarity that i feel like are lost but i feel like in in terms of the 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 right like um kind of taking a monopoly of like anti-establishment rhetoric i feel like um white supremacy definitely has a hand in helping that because of like hand in hand like racist rhetoric as well um so kind of like they have an advantage because a lot of people easily play into that as well yeah 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 like and then and then it's like well what do you want me to do after one catastrophic uh assault on the working class after the other like you want me to stand in the streets and protest i mean i did that for all of my youth like i did that for like five years in in college and i was you know i was out there i had my signs and i was you know i was i was in it and then also like what what like do you want me to join dsa like what the fuck it's not clear <laughs> and it's not, yeah like that's yeah. that's what you lost me it's like i don't know dude and I, I feel like that capitulation that the left always and left i'm using that very very generously like mm-hmm. I, I think it's like a really generous thing to call a lot of whatever what our um, left is in America left mm-hmm. because it is it's like what is it it's like center <laughs> it's like if you if you like place yeah. it into any other context in the world it's center and I mean going back to the whole Ukraine thing like I'm not I, I understand that like their whole like uh, why are we I'm not saying that it wasn't that it had an inherently leftist bend to it or like working class centered um you know concern there because that was really coming from they don't actually believe that like you know there's a there's a they don't recognize the military industrial complex they don't view Mm -hmm. funding the system like money laundering from stealing from the poor and lining Mm -hmm. the coffers of the rich which is what it is i i also don't think that they think that american intervention in ukraine is uh like I, I still think that a lot of a lot of Americans, by and large, believe that it's like a valiant thing when the United States does get involved in a foreign country, but it's just yeah. like not our troops and not our money. Just do, do it, do it in other ways. So I don't right. think, yeah. So I don't think it's like a very coherent, you know, mm-hmm. anti-interventionist thing. But I mean, it was, and a lot of people were like, it's kind of like a right wing, not a right wing, but like a non-leftist anti-establishment sentiment to point out are um really really fucked up uh city inner city like opioid plague streets and like mm-hmm. i saw a video it was like uh like kensington i think is what it's called like a, an area of philly that's like i mean it, like a skid row-esque um streets lined of like you know people mm-hmm. bent over and nodding off like zombies just a line of like opioid stricken people i mean really really like scary to see that and then somebody quote tweeted it and it was like 40 bill for ukraine though right and it's like uh is he wrong 
Yeah, no, definitely. And it's true, like, it's it's not from, like, a standpoint of um, thinking about, about, um, or I don't know, because so, sometimes on the left, what I, like you said, if you can generously call it that, there's a lot of uh, conversation about, okay, well, you have money for all of these wars, but what about us? What about, like, healthcare and stuff? Um, and not, like, really positioning yourself because this is violence that impacts people or, like, humanity, for instance. Um, it's still just about, I guess... It's, it's like, what about me? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not... Because it's not... Yeah. There's no there's, real interrogation of imperialism as a system. Yeah, that is, that yeah, exactly. harms everybody, not not on at the same scale, but like um in tandem. Mm-hmm, yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's no it's it, cuz but then it also I don't think it's it, this is another element to it. If if you like provocation, if it was the instance that we had healthcare and housing and everybody was good and happy and well, does that still mean it's okay to bomb? Iraq and Afghanistan and Somalia like exactly. would that still be okay like le- like let's be coherent here like imperialism is bad because it's bad not just because exactly they have money for that and not for us it's not like well exactly yeah then you so. get people who like praise Nordic countries that engage in like colonization because they have a higher standard of living or something I don't know it's just really yeah. when when consistent. white armor when white armor tried to tell me that sweden was socialist and i had to debate him i was like socialism isn't <laughs> pay for things it's not like <laughs> government just buy stuff yeah uh, yeah wallerstein's <laughs> theory of you know global social positioning and like yeah, yeah 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 that's that's why that's why i'm wary and i think again fueling to the incoherence of the left it's not just that we're asking for these basic things to be paid for i mean we need a real reckoning mm-hmm. of this system of this exactly of this like monstrosity that is the american empire that implicates all of these other countries no matter how left and social democratic they veil themselves they're all implicated in this if you follow the money the arms mm-hmm. deals i mean sweden for example since we're on the topic is like um they have like really they're they're pushing like uh boeing or like raytheon manufactured fighter jets and everything i mean it implicates everything oh, so I'm, what i'm asking for is that people kind of um as use use this kind of like bernie sanders type of leftism as a launching point as it was for all of us when we were first getting mm-hmm. into all of this right and, and i i don't want to like shit on bernie sanders too much because after all he is what got me to be politically coherent and like form all of my opinions that i do have now but i mean like let's let's move beyond that and i think like don't let it be the end don't let it be the end and i think if to to kind of wrap up i really think that the the question of the left now is to kind of be more coherent and and really honestly take a lesson from the right and see the value and and the the fervor that exists already within the masses for an anti-establishment um trajectory and Mm -hmm. yeah and then i feel like that that is my suggestion big picture to kind of alleviate a lot of these societal ills like mass shootings that we're seeing in Mm -hmm. this very 
deeply sick, twisted society. But I digress. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this episode. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. It was f- jam packed, honestly. <laughs> Hashtag jam packed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. If you aren't already, follow us on Instagram at Death by Nuance. Yes. Tell them we have some we have some things coming. Yeah, we have some things coming. Um a hundred a hundred followers. When we reach hundred followers, we can do a little cheeky t shirt giveaway. So be on the lookout the for that. Top twenty winners. The top twenty winners will get food out. Yes, yes. Air horns, cue the air horns. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But yeah, a lot of a lot to look forward to. Definitely leave a nice review if you haven't already and tell your friends tell tell your fans tell your haters like yo don't they suck <laughs> and then show them anyways stream me bitch. please please yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> okay thank cheeky, you cheeky. all right bye everyone bye <laughs>